Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers still need a 14th player. That 14th player is still likely to be a center. Could it be filled by an old friend? That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. It's always going to be free. It is never going to be behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with over 20,000 subscribers, all leaving questions, talking to us and uh, talking to each other. Uh, just as importantly, please do leave us suggestions for guests, for show topics. We look at the page every day, and so we're always... Um, looking for the best stuff to wrap into the show itself. Do want to let everybody know that today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. $5, Andy, gets you $200 in bonus bets. That, just on its face, seems like a good deal. Yeah, 40 times more. I can do that math. Nice. Well done, Andy. Um, I thought there was a reason we both do this as opposed to math and magicianing for a living. Uh, we're going to talk, after we, we are going to talk about the Kobe statue. That announcement came, I think, just before the weekend, right? Uh, about Yeah, and just after we did um, our 824 show, reminiscing about Kobe, talking about, you know, our 10 years covering him, memories, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we, there were, the response on that was great. We had a lot of really awesome comments on the YouTube uh, sec, comment section, stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's always it's always good. And I think listeners, uh, viewers always appreciate us talking about Kobe. So we'll get into that later on. And I, I, I like to think that the, the statue announcement was, in fact, a response to our show, uh, that they were so moved by it. Um, and until I hear evidence otherwise, that's what I'm going with. Uh, Austin Reeves again um, is just like he is. He is becoming the most popular member of Team USA. Uh, I saw him referred to by our friend uh, CJ Toledano from Follow Through as an honorary Filipino. Um, he is super popular down there at the World Cup. Had a great game in the World Cup opener for the U.S. So we'll try to get to that before we're done. But uh, roster business, Andy. The Lakers are still short a 14th player. Rob Palinka has made it clear. That 14th guy is going to be a center uh, to help fill in the gap that, that is, is there. Uh, you got Anthony Davis and Jackson Hayes, who is still a bit of an unproven commodity. They're looking for a uh, more veteran player to come in and uh, provide some support there. And in that regard, Andy, it is becoming clear, if it wasn't before, that the Dallas Mavericks and JaVale McGee are set to part ways. My understanding of the situation reports are that if he is not traded by August 31st, and um, I do not anticipate that will happen, that the Mavs will let him go. And as soon as they do, he will be linked to the Lakers. Um, well, not even by then. He already is, and frankly, even has more been, so. He has been linked to the Lakers over the past couple months because it has been known for at least that time, if not longer, that JaVale's uh, future with the Mavericks was pretty cloudy. He was brought in on a three-year deal with the team looking to make him 
a big part of the core. He was promised a starting position. He was reuniting with Jason Kidd, who was an assistant on that 2020 championship team for the Lakers. And it took like three weeks for JaVale to fall. Eight games, I think it was, that our friend Nick Angstad at Locked on Mav said when we talked to him about it. Yeah, completely out of favor. And we've had a lot of listeners for Locked on Lakers or people hitting us up on Twitter, uh, at Cam Brothers, asking us about JaVale. And it's one of those things, Brian, where the idea of JaVale is something that I would love to be viable because I really liked JaVale a lot during the two years that you and I covered him. Like I liked him a lot as a person. I love his story and sort of his arc of development and, and you know perception and image over the course of his career. And the year he was the championship year he was with the Lakers, I thought he productively held down you know an, an important role. You know, it was not a major role, but it was important. But then there's the reality of JaVale McGee and where he is three seasons removed from that and four different teams removed from that. And I wonder if the reality isn't as great as the concept. Yeah, I mean, look, you, if you want to, and people can go back. We talked about this with Nick um, when we did our, our crossover episode. Um, he made it pretty clear, like, look, there were some extenuating circumstances to some degree um you know that the fit turned out to be bad and everyone kind of gave up on the javel mcgee experiment quickly um including like you said jason kidd who brought him there so like okay maybe but i i saw this like i you know that um you know look if, if you're just trying to get like a 10 to 12 minute roll out of javel and it doesn't even have to be every night it's okay Maybe, maybe you can kind of squint and say like, you know, if you only need to use him every third or fourth day and you know, he's going to know the system and he's going to understand Darwin, Darwin understand he'll play hard, he'll fill the role, he'll do it without complaining. There, Okay, there is some truth to that. But the Lakers do need a player who can give them more than that because it's not just can you provide minutes, 10, 12 minutes, you know, whatever, when Anthony Davis is in the lineup. That is important. But you also have to factor in there are probably going to be 15 to 20 games. I mean, I think thinking fairly conservatively that AD is not going to play. And that guy, if especially if Jackson Hayes turns out not to be the player that the Lakers hope, as consistent as the Lakers hope, whatever it is, you need a guy who can give you more than 10 to 12 minutes for those 20, 20-ish games because otherwise you're being pigeonholed into a certain style of play that you may not want to play every game. And so, uh, I, I, you know, if he was the 15th guy and they already had another center, sure. If he's the 14th guy in a position where you might need him, I am not terribly comfortable with it. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that the 14th roster spot on a team that went to the Western Conference Finals and got better, 
I think during the offseason that the 14th roster spot would seem so critical. But it's but not it actually, but it's, it's not really it's the 14th roster spot to be filled. Right. It's I not know, but I'm just the 14th roster spot in order of importance. Right. But it just usually by now, spots 14 and 15 feel pretty incidental. Like yeah. they don't feel like there's a lot hinging on them. But I agree with you. This spot actually does matter. Like I was looking at some of JaVale's numbers in Dallas and offensively they were dreadful when he played. Um, They were like per 48 minutes, almost 10 points worse when he was on the court, six-ish points worse per 100 possessions. And this was one of the best offensive teams in the league. Um, And they were really bad when he was out there even if his own numbers around the rim were pretty good, like those raw numbers look good. But then if you dig a little bit deeper, not that JaVale has ever been known for having, you know, being like a a three level scorer or, you know, somebody you just, you put JaVale out there, it doesn't matter where he is. He'll figure out how to score. Cook. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's never been JaVale, but like you look at the numbers and it's pretty clear if it's not an alley-oop dunk, or like an alley-oop layup, and pretty much that simple, the numbers aren't good. I mean, even just like regular layups or stuff that stuff that he has to do more than just catch and throw down, the numbers are pretty bad. And that could explain why, even though his own percentages look individually pretty good, why the offense was not good with him out there. It's you know, not likely the only reason, but just he – he would have to be either really just wrong situation, wrong time, Jason Kidd having not figured this out, you know, or just you're seeing a decline because look at Dallas right now. You know, I know they have Rashawn Holmes. I know they have Dwight Powell. They're going to look to develop Derek Lively, but they have no established rim protection on this team at all. And they're still willing to pay JaVale not to Go play away. for them. Yeah than to bring him back. Just to bring him back. You could argue okay. they're better off mind, just having the contract. There is a scenario in which I, I, I'm okay with this, and we'll, I'll, I'll get it next. Um, the, but I, I want to ask you a question that kind of speaks to the larger question of what ought they do with this spot if, you know? Um, and because, you know, we, the name, Bismack Biombo, Christian Wood, we all know the names they're sort of waiting on. But if other scenarios play out, I got a, I got one that I want to run by you and get your reaction, which you'd prefer, which type of player. So we'll do that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel and get ready for the NFL season. It is coming up really soon with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5, 5 bucks, and get 200 back in bonus bets. Guaranteed. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, whole lot more. Plus, all customers who bet five bucks on whatever, you get a hundred bucks off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That is a get great out. deal. Yeah, that is an awesome deal. So your five bucks goes pretty far in a lot of different ways with FanDuel. It's the best time to join. The app is really easy to use. You can be on everything from the spreads to the player props, you know. Super Bowl uh, props, all that different stuff. It's it's awesome. All the options that you want, plus other sports going on as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 
quick side note here. Well, like I know we like going through the comments and stuff. But the there the the argument that bubbled up, the debate that bubbled up last week, um, thanks to Steph Curry about what you know when he answered the question, who's the best point guard of all time, and he said himself, um, which obviously means I'm better than Magic Johnson. And you know, I did not necessarily expect Lakers fans to agree with Steph. I don't think I agree with Steph. I find I find the question we didn't weigh in on we didn't weigh in on a one is better than the okay, other. I, way. I don't care because I, sure. I don't think it's such it's so apples and oranges, both how they play and particularly the eras in which they play. Um, I find comparing the two of them for their influence, as we did, more interesting. But yes. I will say this. Um a lot of uh, Lakers fans sticking up for Magic Johnson, talking about how he played. You know, they watched him play, and he played better defense than uh, than he's given credit for. Our source for uh, agreeing that Magic is, wasn't a particularly good defender are his teammates who have talked about it, and Magic has also said the right. same thing. And Magic be Johnson has said he wasn't that good. At, you know, right. And to be clear, defense. neither one of us said he was horrendous. And we no. didn't say he was a liability. Like, you weren't going to take magic off the court you know, because you just couldn't deal with his – like, he wasn't that. But he was not a strength of their defense either. No. He, he it, was someone that they often covered for with other defenders. There's right. And, and fine. At, at the end of the day, he was fine. Like, in the same way, Steph is not going to lock anybody down, but he's improved to the point where – He's fine. I actually think he's become a decent younger staff. Was actually an underrated. I was just, I just, I thought that was funny, just because, like, it's like you know, guys, we're not like going back and running the tape here. We're just telling you what Magic said, right? Um, I mean, so I just thought, I just thought it was funny, but like, I, I did not expect Lakers fans to uh, react with the idea, you know, Steph's got a point there. Like, no, and no. Uh, I, I certainly and look. Didn't. You're not an idiot if you say. I don't care what Steph says. Magic is the best point guard ever. Nobody's going to call you a fool. Safe ground. That is safe <laughs> ground. Rock-solid argument. <laughs> yeah, it's right behind, I think, Michael Jordan is the greatest shooting guard of all time. In You know, that's a pretty defendable argument. So, uh, anyway, I just thought it was. I, th I thought that was fine. And please keep leaving us questions and comments. The debates that come out of stuff like that, uh, particularly on the comments page, are a lot of fun. Um, anyway, here's the scenario that I want to run by you. Uh, Christian Wood signs somewhere else. Someone as training camp approaches can give him $3 million. He takes the money and he goes. Um, Lakers can't give him as much. Uh, Bismack Biombo, same basic premise. Somebody loses their shot blocker. Uh, he can get an extra million and a half or whatever from another team. He takes that money. Um, that leaves the Lakers with somebody like JaVale. Um, a power forward type of they just say you know it's great we're just not going to sign another center we'll pick the best available player and we'll call it a day or if you still want to fill that center spot you go and you find the g league player that most closely resembles the single skill set you want to get on this team whether that's rim protection three-point shooting whatever it is a single skill set that you really feel like you want to get on the team or the best available g league guy whatever it might be versus signing javel so the unknown quantity on the young player, you might have to develop a little bit. You can't rely on necessarily to fill the role you you want, but might have a skill set or two that profiles at least for what you need. Um, or JaVale, who comes with the limitations. Which direction do you go? I would likely go JaVale because mm -hmm. you already have Jackson Hayes, who is something of an unknown quantity himself. And 
there's a legitimate chance Colin Castleton could be on this That's team. What I was thinking. And while I like a lot of what we saw in the summer league, and I, and I think a lot of his skill sets look like things that could translate decently over at the big boy level, he is still somebody who is completely unproven. Mm-hmm. And the whole point that we keep saying about why this spot matters is because of all these different unknowns. I'm not adding another unknown inexperienced guy. I, whoever they bring in needs to be established at the NBA level. Like unless you think all of the JaVale McGee's of the world can't play anymore, and that's why they're not on a roster, because you really just think they are flat out cooked and can't help you because they're cooked, you bring in JaVale or someone like JaVale. And I think I, I agree with you. I think that's the answer. Um, and I like that the JaVale or the sort of the, literally or figuratively you bring in JaVale McGee. I um I feel like Castleton is that player. If you like you have that guy. If you want to take a guy who you think, okay, he's got some potential. Wait, now look, I don't know the G League backwards and forwards. There may be a guy who's down there that is just like uh, Profiles as a a, a a defensive rim protector, basically kind of what JaVale is, only younger and maybe bouncier. Um, and then, okay, maybe you can make it up. But I, I think the predictability is critical, at least at the beginning of the season, for this role. Um, it is better for the Lakers to know what they're going to get and know what they're what is available to them, even if that thing isn't good enough. At least you know what it is. Whereas that G-leaguer, you're not sure how he's going to react to different situations, how once defenses or offenses are aware of him, will counter that, will he read it quicker? Joel, you know what you're, he's going to do with those things. You're going to see, you know exactly what you're getting. It's just a question of whether or not he can fill the role that you want him to fill. If in December, you roll, in December rolls around and he's just not quite good enough, you... You know, you praise him up and down for his professionalism, and you, and you cut him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's it's okay. Um, so I, I think that's the right answer. Ultimately, I I I wonder how close to camp Andy this is going to get fixed because at this point there's no incentive for anyone really to move until there kind of is until like you know the Lakers can only offer what they can offer. And so those other players are waiting around. They kind of know what all the offers are. It's just a matter of seeing if anything else opens up. Yeah, I mean, some of this, I think, is really linked to the Damian Lillard trade, the James Harden trade, or both trades, because there are teams who figure they may need to send out two or three players, fill a roster spot. Christian Wood has been specifically linked to the Heat in a uh, post-Damian Lillard trade world. You know, there could come a point where the Lakers reach out to, you know, Christian Wood's team, like in, I don't know, mid-September, and just say, look, we we need to fill this roster spot. We don't want to be left holding the bag, it's particularly if somebody like Biombo is still out there. And it's like, look, we want to have this spot settled because we don't want to end up with neither Wood nor Biombo. Right. Like, even, you know, Wood is the higher... Wood is the higher talent guy. I mean, even if I have a lot of reservations about him, he's oh, more sure. talented than Bismack Biombo. I would rather have Biombo because I think he is elite at something that they need right now more than what Wood can bring. But either way, what you don't want is neither. 
Right. I mean, it's, it's the Lakers just don't have any leverage in this conversation. No. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, sh- I, I think they've probably made their preferences or their offers. Sure. But pretty clear, but they just, they, they can't make those moves happen. Right. But I, from things that are reported and stuff like that, it feels like they have not made a solid offer to Bismack Biombo because their first choice is Christian, Christian Wood. Wood. Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I would probably be different if they knew Biombo was getting the same offers from three other teams and was getting close to moving on them. I'm sure, sure they're back channeling all of these things. But one hope. It's just, it's just, it's an, it, it gets back to what you were saying before. It's a fascinating thing to think about for the proverbial 14th spot. Um, yeah, how much this matters. It's the whole. It's the only hole that they have left Look, on the roster. We get asked about this a lot, and I get it. <laughs> I totally get why we do. But the disclaimer still holds. Finding somebody who can bang bodies with Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid while also not, hitting threes. Right, not a choice. <laughs> no, that, not a choice. That, that guy doesn't exist, much less uh, at the veterans minimum. Do it, Rob. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk Kobe. The the announcement for the statue will be uh, February eighth, two thousand twenty four. That's two eight twenty four. Reasoning there, pretty obvious. Uh, but we will we'll talk about what this is going to mean for Lakers fans and and just the whole thing around it. Do that next. Um, so I admit, Andy, I was a little bit skeptical about the whether or not they'd be able to do this on time and how much how they were clearly further along in the process. Than, I told you I that they it. were. <laughs> I, I I thought you could be right, but I was just going based on the reporting, which said none of this had been thought about. Um, that they just picked a date. Well, apparently the uh, the Daily Mail, or I think it was, it was for I think was that where it was. Um, they were spot on two eight twenty four. Um, the symbolism there, uh, very clear for Lakers fans. Uh, so February eighth, two thousand twenty four, the statue which will uh, feature Kobe and Gigi uh, will be unveiled at the crypt. Um, and so that is going to be, to say the least, Andy, a transcendent moment in Lakers history, just given everything um, yeah. that Kobe has meant in the, in the circumstances around it. Yeah, uh, Vanessa Bryant uh, posted a video at 8.24 a.m. Um, last Thursday. I, I saw the video. I didn't realize that it came out precisely at that time. But she said in the video, quote, as you know, Kobe played his entire 20 20- year NBA career as a Los Angeles Lakers since arriving in this city and joining the Lakers organization. He felt at home here playing in the city of angels on behalf of the Lakers, my daughters and me, I am so honored that right in the center of Los Angeles in front of the place that is known as the house that Kobe built, we are going to unveil a statue so that his legacy can be celebrated forever. Uh, Jeannie Buss later added that Kobe Bryant was one of the most extraordinary athletes of all time and one of the most iconic individuals in the history of Los Angeles. There's no better place for Kobe to be honored than with a statue here at the city, at the center of our city, where everyone can celebrate him and be inspired by his incredible achievements. Um, it, it's interesting. The date, 2824, honors both mm-hmm. Kobe and Gigi. It has not been made clear that the statue will itself, like the actual art, 
the depiction of it. Okay, my understanding is that from reading that it, that they would both be involved, but it, I, I don't know. I, I there's been I know there's been a lot of assumption. I don't actually, and and maybe you're correct. I have I have not seen anything. Um, I've not seen anything confirming that Gigi will be represented in the statue, which, I mean, really matters a lot. In, I guess in the sense of the art that you would pick, because if you're if you're looking for you know, the iconic images of Kobe throughout his career, you know, as a player, they're, they're not going to involve his family. Just, you mm -hmm. know, they're going to be things sure. that happened on the court. You know, there are a lot of different images that upon retirement um, that people do remember with Kobe and Gigi, but that's obviously a very different, you know, stage in his life and also a very different image that, you know, might otherwise be depicted in the statue. But either way, you know Gigi will be represented certainly in the unveiling, and and she's going to always be on everybody's minds when they think about Kobe. It's um, it's an interesting thing, and like I said, I if I'm wrong about this, then um, then I'm wrong. Uh, you know that that I I just I I maybe it was just based on the date and some of the other stuff that I read. The sort of the assumption um, that she would be part of of the artwork. It. It gets to how, because I remember we used to have these debates, like, you know, what, what's the pose? What do you pick? Do you pick, you know, for a 20 year career, the, the, the span of, of images that you could go with, you know, young Afro Kobe with the tongue out and the, you know, the high flyer as it gets older, you know, the, I think the, 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 the image that people, I think would have gone with for like later stage Kobe would have been that the, you know, something with the fadeaway jumper, like the turnaround fadeaway that you could, you could immortalize and all that. But I, I would personally go with him on the scorers table after winning title that number five against the Boston. next thing that I was going to say is yeah. that, that, that pose of him, because it, it, it represents so much of, of both him. It's a, it's a instantly recognizable, not just Kobe moment, Kobe post, but historical moment. Yeah. Everybody's going to understand exactly what that came from. Um, and plus it would just be cool looking like just that outside the stadium. Like you go in there, like this is where we hang banners and that's the thing you walk by on your way in. That would be cool. Um, but there would be something like if they, you know, just to say like, let's so the hypothetically, if it is something that involves GG, I think, you know, the, the, there's also something that's kind of powerful and understated and speaks to the circumstances and the reason yeah. that he will not be there for the, for the um, statue unveiling that, you know, they go with that now iconic picture of the two of them on the sidelines, just sitting yeah. together and watching a game like yeah. that would be an incredibly powerful image as well, like to take Kobe Bryant and not make the statue of him playing basketball, yeah, I mean, says it's, something it's, I think powerful as well. Yeah, I, there's a lot of different ways they could go with this. Um, I, I, I was reading, I'm sorry, finish your thought. Go ahead. I was reading a piece on CNN about this, just getting some of the info, and the Lakers also said that the statue is going to be the first in a series of physical tributes to honor his legacy. So there will be other opportunities perhaps as well to you know more 
directly and formally acknowledge Gigi as well. Mm -hmm. If they feel like the statue almost becomes too abstract in a, in a certain way, if you're right or it looks too different compared to the rest of them. Is it weird or is it inappropriate? You have this, this thing of, of athletes around the side and you know, who knows what the, the tragedy of this or what she might've been able to become as a basketball player, but in this ring of, Right, of, it, of athletes, it, it, is that the right place? Right, you, you know? want to make sure that you get something like this correct. I mean, correct's the wrong word because no, but I, I think I, I understand what you mean, and I think other people do as well. Right, um, it's interesting too. I, I the CNN piece that I, that I was reading. First of all, Kobe's the seventh Lakers icon with a statue: Elgin, Chick, Kareem, Magic, Shaq, Jerry West. It's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, and there's not one that you go. No, come on, guys. Real Elgin statue. Chick, Elgin Chick, Kareem, Magic, Shaq, Jerry West. None of them feel like no, really, really. A statue really? for that guy. Are we doing but, that really? But the other thing, though, that I found this was fun when in the CNN piece, it pointed out that Kobe was the all-time leader for the Lakers in regular seasons games played, points, three-pointers made, steals, free throws made. He was also the leader for playoffs for games played points three pointers made and free throws made it got me curious about some of the other uh categories where kobe wouldn't be the obvious leader where do you think he ranks in blocks all-time laker franchise and he is in the, all of these are not trick questions he is in no. the top 10 at least for all of these sure and like you know blocks is an interesting you know just because they only started keeping track of it at a certain time i don't know he's probably he's like seventh fifth okay Bah. Behind Kareem, Shaq, Eldon Campbell, Vladi Divac, got 12 more than Andrew Bynum. Where do you think he is in assists? Oh, pretty high. Um, Magic's in front of him. Um, no, I would say no lower than fifth. I'm going to go with fourth. Second. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was inclined to say third. Behind Magic, as you said, just 3,835 behind Magic. You want to talk about one of those records? We always said he needed to pass more. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about one of those franchise records? Like, the bus great-grandchildren will be running this team. That record's safe. That one is going nowhere. Who's third? Third for uh, assists is... Jerry West. Jerry West, uh, okay. About a, about 75 behind Kobe. Okay. Triple doubles. I'm going to say third. Fourth okay. behind Magic. Magic. LeBron. Russell Westbrook. No, Elgin Baylor. <laughs> Russ. That was a joke, Andy. No, Russell is higher than you think, though. Russ, that shouldn't be a joke. Russ is sixth on the franchise list. Missed Jerry West for fifth by just two triple doubles. Did that in a season and a half. I know. I'm just. I it was. I was just trolling people. Just. Right, but you know what? A lot of them. No. I was going to say it's not a great troll job because he was really high. True. It just makes people mad. Tenth, by the way, a tie between Pau Gasol and Julius Randle. How many? Uh, they each had five. Okay, I was about to say it's a pretty low number. No, but I mean, you know, it's. I'm just saying it's, it's it's a lower it's. The point being with Russ being a six, it's a lower number than you think. Like you, no, Russ had fourteen, right? But it's not. But it's not eighty-six triple doubles. You know, with, with you know. But anyway, if, you, if you've given Russ enough time, um, Kobe was also sixth all-time for offensive rebounds for the franchise, 
and fifth uh, and second for defensive rebounds. Yeah. Um, who do you think also, too? I, I had no idea about this. Who do you think is the all-time leader for the Lakers in points per game? Von Wafer? Points <laughs> per game? If Vaughn had his way, sure. What points right? per game? Based on um, like how many? Just like one game? Like just no, no. I mean they they don't they do this based on you have to qualify play a baseline. Yes. Um, God, it's a tough question because like you know Kobe's was dragged down a little bit near the end. Kareem's was certainly dragged down near the end. Magic was never a high scorer like that. Wilt didn't score like that when he was a Laker. Um, I'm going to say Elgin. You're very, very close. Elgin and LeBron are tied. This is going to sound so stupid. I forgot about LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> They're because tied. you know what? You know why? Because you had just given me thirty cumulative things, mm-hmm. and then you switch to points per game, and so my brain is locked into. Okay. Fair you enough. Know, cumulative, but yeah, oh yeah, oh right. LeBron, who's averaged like what 28, 27 and a half, 28 points a game as a Laker. 27.4 points per game as a Laker. Also, I did not realize this until looking this up. Austin Reeves is currently, according to basketball reference uh metrics, the all-time the franchise all-time leader in true shooting percentage yeah. and offensive rating. Meh. Meh. <laughs> He is him. Austin <laughs> Reeves is him, kids. It is really hard to do a goat that doesn't sound like a sheep. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's hard. It's that's a that's a tough one. I don't know if I was calling him a goat or a sheep. There, I was going for goat. <laughs> that that guy's a sheep. The other guy's a goat. Also, the um, last thing I I noticed too going through this that must have just eaten Kobe up. Smush Parker is. 0.2 steals ahead of Kobe for steals per game. Franchise I'm surprised leader. he didn't spend that last game instead of trying to score 60, trying to get him steals to pass Smush. Smush, Smush Parker is fifth on his, excuse me, he's tied for fourth on the all-time steals per game for the franchise at 1.6. Kobe was eighth with 1.4. Yeah, get that man in the ring of honor. It must have just, that must have, honestly, if Kobe was aware of that, that would have bothered him. I actually think that would have bothered him. Probably would have. Man, did he hold that guy in contempt? Yes, Um, he did. All right. Um, I cannot believe I forgot about LeBron James. (laughs) Dang, man. But that, that, again, that speaks to the Lakers, too. Like, you can be so stuck in, like, all the other greats that you're forgetting about LeBron James, who's there right now. I would imagine points per game, Anthony Davis is probably top-ish, you know, getting there pretty close. He's certainly he's in the top 10 somewhere, probably top. Uh, Anthony seven. Davis is sixth. Yeah. Uh, he, he's sixth for points per game for the franchise. Pretty good. Your uh, leaders right. are, by the way, LeBron and Elgin tied, then Shaq and West tied, Kobe, AD, George Mikan, Kareem, Cedric Sabalas, nice. and Magic. Um, all right, so I had something I was going to say, but I forgot, and we're running low on time anyway. Locked the Lakers on YouTube, where you can go to see show, hang out, and uh, argue about Magic Johnson versus Steph Curry. Um, we did not get to Austin Reeves. Mah! 
Um, we'll we'll get to that this week. You, Team USA crushing it with him on the floor. That whole second unit really ought to be the first unit. It, it yeah. seems. Uh, so we'll get we'll get to that as the week goes on. Again, guests, let us know who you want us to get on the show, and we will doggedly pursue them. Uh, and we will see everyone next time. Thanks.